Okay, hello and welcome to the Ball and All podcast, episode 6, Game Week 4 review. I'm Flo's. Ben? No, Flo's, no. No. You feel with this week, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> MK. Let's get straight into it, okay? Uh, early kickoff on the Saturday was Leicester City versus Liverpool. Liverpool came out 2 1 victors, uh, two goals from Mane and Firmino. Leicester pulled one back through Gazal, but unfortunately they could not get the equaliser. Uh, for me, Leicester were pretty good. I thought Liverpool were sitting back after they scored two goals to just kind of soak up the pressure and counter-attack. But I genuinely think they couldn't deal with Leicester after after Leicester turned it up. Yeah, no, I, I do agree with that. But to start to start the game though, Liverpool came out of the box flying. They could have had a goal. Yeah, they always uh, Salah, I don't know how he missed that chance. That he, I, I agree with that. He came, they came out of the box flying. They could have probably wrapped... Like, that was after, what, three minutes? Yeah. Yeah. They could have if, had a goal then. Then, what, Mane was after ten minutes. I they think were, the, game, the game was in their hands. Definitely yeah, were. it was definitely in their, in, in their hands. They were going through. As I said, Mane scored. Then Firmino scored. They were in cruise control. Then Not for the whole of the first half, I don't think. Though. No, actually, yeah. They were in cruise control to... Actually, actually yeah, you're right. You're right. For the, After the first goal, Le- Leicester did come back into it. And yeah. they were dominating, and then Liverpool actually got that goal against them on the play. Mm-hmm. They weren't the better. Leicester were controlling, which is what I'm saying. I don't think it was a case of Liverpool sitting back saying that, all right, let them come at us, and you know we're a goal up. I think they genuinely couldn't really handle Leicester, and then the second half, even more of the same. But you're saying they couldn't handle Leicester, but the goal came from a mistake from Allison. I think it would have been, if no, anything, but they had. Leicester did have other chances. They did have other chances, but they didn't take them. Yeah, they didn't they take them. They came up from a in, mistake. In, look, in another day, uh, Wes Morgan would have finished his chance. Yeah. That which, I don't know how he, he didn't... I don't know you how can he, say that about a lot of things. Same way with can, Salah. Could say, Salah should, then that's Salah. He shouldn't have missed that. So, he's showing the true colours. The point, <laughs> I think the point of it is that, like, Liverpool are showing, and I think we'll probably come back to this point a little bit later. They say that, you know, a true champion or potential champion, they've still got the. They can still win when they don't play well, and I think that's what Liverpool showed on Saturday. They didn't play well. I think Leicester overall had better play in the middle of the field, but they still came away with the win. And Leicester did dominate the game. They had, well slightly edged on the possession. I would say they, obviously apart from the goals, outside of that, they had the better chances, mm-hmm. and they should have. It wouldn't have been an unfair result if they would have come away with a draw. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. So Liverpool hold the luck, but they pull through, as you say, that is normally the sign of champions win when you're not playing well. No, relax, they're not champions yet. Yeah, no, it's the sign of obviously if they win the if they win the league this season, look back at games like that and say that was what showed their calibre. Um I mean taking a look at that and looking forward, we're saying that, you know, what, that's four out of four. Uh only conceded one. But they've got Sloppy a real test. One. It was yeah. Sloppy. Let's let's talk about that first. Let's talk that was, about uh, that first. What was uh, whose fault was it? Whose fault was that goal? Allison. <laughs> so it wasn't Van Dijk. No, 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 no. No, it, it wasn't was Van Dijk. Carius's fault. Isn't it? <laughs> they've been, they've been, he was obviously passed a few notes before he left to Besiktas. <laughs> they clearly got to him. No, but tell you, come to Besiktas. But now you know what, Allison though, he got away with it last week. 
with his like being cheeky and cocky. Isn't it twice he's got away with he's it? Like, he got sure. he got away with it and obviously as Klopp even said that for the game, said that you can't be he, he's basically got away with it in this game because Liverpool won. But in another game, if he would have been costly and say basically cut that out. But hopefully and, he's learned his lesson though. And it's yeah, better to learn his yeah. lesson than in the game when it was nil nil and that was the winner. So oh yeah. It's clear it was all his fault. No one else's fault. He should have I don't care if there was any bad back passes or anything. He just needed to kick it out to Rosen. Exactly. He didn't. He dwindled he on the ball. He could have done anything. He could have even given a corner or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he could have just put it out behind him for exactly. a corner when he when he. I've seen that happen so many times. So it's just, it's all his fault. That price tag clearly gone to his head, didn't it? Mm. I think he's in the same mold as uh, Larissa Neuer. Like you know, I them think, man. Sometimes I think they're, they're ball playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They think they're they think they're defenders or something like that. But. Um, <laughs> Uh, one other thing, maybe unpopular opinion, and again, it's still early in the in the season. Salah, I think my man's doing too much to try and live up to what he did last season. He's he's taking shots when he shouldn't be taking shots. He's always trying to take that extra touch to make the space for himself. He's making passes that are going nowhere, and so far he's not really been doing it for them. Not as efficiently as he did last season, but I still think fair enough. Like that chance he missed, but I still think he's still. Same side. Like last last week it was one 0 just that one side of goal. So Yeah, I mean I'm not talking just about in this game. I mean watching so the far last, the four games like, I think he's trying too much I think he needs to just relax and, and play his football. I do think looking at his obviously take last season out and look at his career in general. I know obviously he's getting he's got more experience and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But he's not been that prolific finisher. And no, so no, I no. think last season was an anomaly. He was better than usual, and I think I said it in like one first week or second week of the pod. I said Manny will definitely have a better season this Which, this year than Salah will. Yeah, and yeah, he is yes, so far. He is already. It's yeah. four games. Anything can happen. It's, no, it's four games. Salah's obviously his quality. Yeah, but I don't think he's not going to. He's not scoring thirty plus again this year. How many is he scoring this season? Twenty. Maybe, which is still I a very good return. It's still a good return. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's a great return. But I think he's trying well, but you too think, hard. Sorry, do you think Mane will have more then? Yeah. I think Mane will score I think more Man, I think Mane will be touching 30 this year. Ooh, well, I don't know about that, bro. I don't know about that. He'll be touching 30 I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like Salah 16, Mane 17, bro. Oh. <laughs> he will be touching 30 this season. Mm-hmm. You reckon so? Yes. Okay, okay. Um... The other point is obviously Liverpool only conceded one that crazy goal. Everyone talking about have they sorted out their defensive problems? Everyone's looking at Van Dijk coming in um, over the last couple of games, especially in this Leicester game. I think Gomez has been their better defender than Van Dijk. Hundred percent. Like watching that game, the number of tackles he 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 could have lost the ball or been in around the ball, but the way he comes back with his pace and. Yeah. Makes that last ditch tackle. He did it at least three like, times. Yeah, 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 yeah. At least three times. Clear tackle and you know no pens, no nothing. It was very good. But I, no, no, I got to pick a point with that though. Mm-hmm. When he's coming back with last ditch shackles and you say he's doing about what two, three times, probably because he's done the mistake <laughs> and he's no, recovering no. from the mistake. No, but he didn't. It wasn't because of his mistakes. It was just. It was a collective failure on Liverpool's part, and he was the one that got him out of trouble. Exactly. And what, what I look at is his age. It's his age and he's doing it centre-back. I mean, you can look at other defenders and they're not doing it. So for him, watching that, he looked like he was comfortable, he knew what he was doing and it's good for him but it's a testament to Klopp as a manager as well. So, um, 
is he the guy is is Gomez and Van Dijk is that their partnership possibly possibly but I mean time will tell yeah he's still young his early days but I mean Liverpool always had problems with centre back and if for four games they really wouldn't have conceded if Alisson hadn't made that mistake you know you're definitely right there they should still be they should still should not have conceded yet but is there as is Gomez and Van Dijk their centre back no when tougher tests come and winter comes, they will concede and they won't. They're not gonna. Those two are not gonna keep. Winter is coming. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> so what? Lovren, Matip. Which one? Which one? Well, which one has done better? Lovren, the self-proclaimed world best defender. <laughs> he he got to a World Cup final and that. So you gotta give him another chance. His team got to a World Cup final. He didn't drag them there, bro. <laughs> He was part of it. He, he was, was part, part of it, and he was part of it, and I suppose like Mendy, in it. <laughs> <laughs> he was part of it, but when I saw Matip play last season, he he was good for me. I saw he started well. well. He started well, but he wilted a little bit. But they all do. But then this is the thing: Liverpool with the confidence, they tend to be like with the confidence, the, and what Klopp instills in them builds them up and makes people better well it's clearly built Allison up a lot because overconfident to do his silly mistake but they all feel comfortable and they're all better so especially the, with that type of attack you don't the defenders don't need to defend so you could put anyone in there fair play fair what's play what's his name Harry Redknapp's wife probably could defend him <laughs> <laughs> um, so the defence might be tested over the next few weeks obviously Liverpool are one of only three teams now uh, four out of four full mm-hmm. points alongside Chelsea and Watford but they've got a bit of a packed fixture list coming through and in that fixture there are some tricky games uh, they've got Spurs next uh, then Southampton then Chelsea in the league in between the Spurs and Southampton game they've got PSG in the Champions League mm-hmm. and in between Southampton and Chelsea they've got Chelsea again in the Caribou Cup um, if they come through that still top are they going to be the... Uh, are, are they looking like champions? No. I think the te- the times, the testing times are coming now. And I think they'll falter. They're not going to come out of these next few games with four points. Personally, I think the only game they'll have trouble with is maybe Chelsea. Which one? Caribou Cup or the Premier League? <laughs> no, the Premier League. Because I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, personally, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Liverpool fans and possibly the board as well are looking at a decent showing in the... Champions League, but more so the Premier League. Mm. However close mm. they've been in the recent past and what's just happened, they, they, I think they'll be going more for the Premier League than any of the other trophies. So I would expect them to come full force in the Premier League. Tottenham, given how they've been playing, I would expect Liverpool to win that. Southampton, Chelsea is the only game I think might have a test. But So do you think that the Premier League is more important to them than the Champions League? Yep, definitely. For the fans, if I'm, coming, if I'm looking at Klopp, looking at the club, looking at the fans... What they've been craving. Premier League that they've never yeah, won. Premier League, definitely agree with you. Mm. They've won the Champions Obviously, it's not all of these players, but Liverpool as a club have won the Champions League, mm-hmm. what, five times? Been in the final last year. But they've never won the Premier League. So they would do anything to win the Premier League. Fair point. Yeah. yeah. Try and match those those titles. <laughs> and they've never won a Premier League. They're but... still sat on their perch. <laughs> <laughs> They'll get knocked off. They'll get knocked off. So the next game, Chelsea versus Bournemouth. Chelsea 2, Bournemouth 0. Two goals from Pedro and Hazard. 
And something like that. Um, you know when they on Sky Sports News they finished. Uh, oh right, no, bro, the old school <laughs> grandstand. Yeah. Remember grandstand on BBC? Chelsea, Chelsea two, two Bournemouth <laughs> nil. Right, right. Anyway, bro, carry on, carry on. Keep that. I'm giving that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are men. <laughs> no, but that game, um, it was more a story for Bournemouth in the first half, especially because Bournemouth are known to concede goals, but then also they um, managed to get goals. In this game, Chelsea were attacking. They had a lot of presence in the Bournemouth half, but for some reason, they couldn't get a goal. Um, again, I think it was profligate finishing. Like They had chances as well. Like you say, usually they concede goals, they didn't concede goals. And usually after they concede goals, that's when they start like kind of pushing forward. But um, on a better day or against a better team, they would have punished Chelsea. They had chances, but I think they fell to the wrong people. And if they would have fell to... Well, Tennis, the only main player that scores for them, obviously, um, is Callum Wilson. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, Joshua King, well, if he gets a penalty. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if, if like, especially the chance that um, David Luiz messed up on halfway, if it would have, if that would have fell to Callum Wilson, would have been the goal. Yeah. They would have yeah, been leading. Yeah. They would have done exactly what they've done at Stamford Bridge last season and won. But, obviously... The class of Chelsea kind of showed through the badness that they kind of had in the first half that they were able to regroup and then they came and obviously overpowered Bournemouth and went and got the win. I think an interesting thing for Bournemouth is even though they had good chances, most of them they skewed off target. It's mm-hmm. not even like they forced, they only had one shot on target out of eight. They weren't forcing any great saves. Um, so yeah, they're like, they were wild, they had those chances, but it's not even like they were taking those chances and Chelsea were denying them. But then, like I was saying about Bournemouth and their defending, they Chelsea had 24 shots, six on target, but they only got two goals. Although, I mean, they won the game, but it's a, it's, it's a testament to Bournemouth and what they're trying to do, which I, I mentioned last week. That's one thing they need to look at is their defence. Yeah. Because they can get goals. It's just sorting out the defence. If they get a sort of solid back line sorted, they've got their attacks in them. So, I mean, the second half was obviously a different story. I think this, this game... The, the change in the, in that in the lineup for Chelsea was William starting instead of Pedro, who started the last um, three games. So I think after a while, obviously, things weren't working out. So he brought on the staple. Same with um, Morata, who hasn't been doing much since the start of the season under Zeri. Yeah. So, I mean, brought in Giroud, and we all know he's good for his link-up play, and then sort of did the job in the end. Talking about Pedro, obviously he's had a good start. Was it three goals so far? Mm-hmm. Um, is he working under Sari, or is it the usual Pedro thing where he starts off a season well, gets good goals, and then he just fades out? Or is it too early to tell? Again, as I keep saying, it's a running theme. The summer sun is still here. When winter is coming, he will disappear. Turn into a white walker and that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Pedro, come on, this guy is here for the moment. The guy won everything by 26. Don't, like, when winter comes, he, yeah, he'll disappear. What, what I know is personally is when he was coming on, he looked like he wanted to do something. Yeah. And when, when Seri came, I think I said that in the first um, podcast when we were reviewing the managers, I said he's that kind of manager that plays the way Pedro likes. I know other managers sort of had that pressing him, but Pedro. Suiter's style of play perfectly. Now, when Pedro wants to play, he's a quality player and but he plays. Think, but you're saying he, he, just, he typically he, drops he, off. I'm he disappears. Sure. You will see. He will disappear. 
I think he does. I think typically he does drop off. He starts well and then he does drop off. Um, somebody who doesn't start well, so can't drop off Morata. Should Chelsea have bought a new striker during the summer? They should have dropped him 100%. <laughs> no, but you know what? It's a new manager. It depends on what they're kind of side of the they need. And typically, like I'm saying, with the whole Barcelona thing, they need someone like an Aguero-esque type of player that moves around, gets involved. But with that, Giroud doesn't score goals, but his link-up play helps. So you need that striker that has a lot of link-up play about his game. And Morata doesn't really have that as much. So Giroud should be starting? Most likely, but I mean, he's slow. So. Uh, but you know what? As you said, it's a new manager. You've got to give the guy a chance. You've got to give him time. He scored one goal this season. He should have had more. But he's he, at least he's off the he's off the marks and he look at his quality, his record when he was at Juve at Real Madrid he was banging in goals he doesn't turn up crap. not as a starting striker though at Real Madrid not as a starting starting striker but at, at Juve he was no, Juve yeah so he doesn't turn crap over net but it's not like last season Juve under played. Conte he was banging in goals and then all of a sudden it's dried up because of the new system I was just gonna say Juve playing all those. Fantastic teams. Come on. How much, how much <laughs> space do you have in Italian game to get off your game? In English football, it's tough because no one gives you space. He's We're not in that Champions League league final against Barcelona, though. We're not talking about, obviously, other football other uh, football leagues and stuff. But Ronaldo ain't scored in Italy yet. I'll put this out there. He didn't score early last season in Spain. So when he starts going, you'll get goals. What was it, like eight games he exactly, without scoring so. a goal? Bro, he's only but played he like one, four. It's he's had like so many close chances. I've been watching every one of his games, but we'll see. Yeah, that's ifs and buts. You could say that about Morata as well. Mm. If he could, once he gets another one, he's going to go on the run, isn't it? Uh, last point I would like to make. Should Alonso still have been on the pitch? No. Because he got a yellow card for pulling back. Mm-hmm. And second, second one was more or less taking the ball out for throwing when the ball was going to be thrown in quickly. He sort of barged the player just to slow him down. So that's definitely another yellow card. But would that make a difference in the game? Could yes, you? Because Alonso is a big attacking presence for he Chelsea a big these for days. Him. So yeah, maybe somewhat it would have affected the game. It would have because he was involved in the second goal. Mm-hmm. He yeah. was also in, he was involved in the first goal even. Before he didn't do the assist, but he was involved in the first goal, mm-hmm. involved in the second goal. So if he wasn't on the pitch, where that goal come from? It's true. Exactly. Yeah, well, shoulda, woulda, coulda. On to the next game, Brighton two, Fulham two. Andre Schürrle scoring after forty-three minutes. Mitrovic. <laughs> Just say it, just say it, just say it. Wait, wait, wait. Bro. Oh, my days. All right, cool, cool, cool. But yeah, go on. Bro, it was two all. Who scored the goals, bro? Allow, 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 allow the double. Uh, like, come on, be serious. Sheila yeah. and Mitrovic scoring for Fulham. <laughs> then the dinosaur, Glenn Murray, scoring two to bring Fo- uh, Brighton back to 2 2. From in that game, Fulham basically they showed that they are well, they are, they deserve to be in the Premier League and they deserve to be where they are. They controlled the game. Well, as I feel, they controlled the game. They should have won the game, mm-hmm. but it was individual mistakes that then brought them back into the game, brought Brighton back into the game. Again, the same thing that we talked about last week. Both the goals were Fulham's fault. It wasn't the ingenuity or the play of Brighton that brought those goals in. It was Fulham's mistakes. 
Um, obviously Mitrovic was responsible for the handball for the second one but it just seems like they're a little bit lacklustre in their defending maybe a little bit panicky in their defending which uh, also came through in the Tottenham game which they started very well um, if they can get those mistakes out and get a little bit of calm at the back then they can shut teams out I really don't know what was going through Mitrovic's head when he he was trying to chest the ball but that was nowhere near his chest I don't know. I don't know what he was trying to. What he was thinking. Yeah, I can't see that penalty. Uh, in in terms of the game in general, I think more so in the first half it was very balanced because the game was going both sides. Brighton actually got their penalty that obviously Gross missed, and I think the game could have gone anywhere. I think Fulham would have always go. I think the difference here is when they got their goals, it was just that bit of quality. From Seri getting the ball to Scherler. Mitrovic always being a problem anyway. And yeah, they did make mistakes, but Brighton always had a goal in them. Murray got a few chances you could have put away as well. So it's one of those Actually, ones. Now, funny you brought in uh, the penalty that they got in the first in the first half. Should that have been a penalty? Because if you actually, I know we're not to the, I know we're not to it. Glenn Murray, it was put through. Mm. Glenn Murray was in an offside position mm. and he followed the ball. But he didn't touch the ball. As the rules, what is the offside rule? I think I he, thought it was, he, he, didn't touch the ball. he didn't interfere with play. So yeah, if he doesn't touch the ball, he's not active, and he realizes. Yeah, but he's he's literally he's he was got, stood he was stood next to the ball. Yeah, so. but no one actually yeah. no one actually went for the ball with him. Mm-hmm. So they left, it and the other guy obviously went for it. So he didn't body it, check it, the defender. Exactly, it was Fulham sleeping at that time. So for me, uh, I thought they cancelled each other out a little bit. Uh, they seem to be playing uh, same or very similar formations. Um, the difference is, and the problem with Brighton have, Fulham have a little bit of flair and they have players that can unlock something. Brighton just seem to me very functional. They don't have that little extra bit of quality or flair, even though they do have Gross, um, who last last season was was a great player for them. They don't seem to have anything aside from their function. Fulham have the flair of Michelle uh, Seri. Yep. Ooh, the that, assist. Yeah, the assist for Scherler's goal. That's amazing. Beautiful. Quality. And that ingenuity there is what will keep them up. What will keep them... I think they'll be mid-table. Easy. And that type of play there, and obviously with the likes of Mitrovic, he scores goals. Scherler, yeah, so. he has been there, done it. Yep. And even on the bench, that little 15-minute spell your had, he could have scored a goal as well. He was very lively. He came on in like 75th minute for um, Vieto. And I mean, he could have definitely could have scored a goal. He went past two players, easy. But yeah. At 2-2, he should have... Yeah, that drinking run that he did, he should have scored. But this is kind of... He was blowing up the championship. I was expecting... I know it's, it's only been four games. I was expecting a bit more from Sessegnon. But he hasn't played really he's not been playing, he's not been starting the game. First couple of games he was, he started. He started the first game. That was Did he start the top game? The first two games he started. Mm. Then, because he's either, he had, yeah, he had a chance, he had a chance in the Tottenham game. Oh yes, he did, he did, yeah. yeah. Uh, right. So I was expecting, I'm just, obviously, yeah, as I say, it's four games, I was expecting more from him. I'm just hoping, obviously, the season goes on, he gets to show his true talent and we can see what he can do. Uh, I think Jukanovic is keeping him for later in the season. I mean, he's still young. He doesn't want him to burn out. He seems he's a very good manager, seems to be taking care of that 
like you know he very easily could not have gone and bought another player he could not have brought Scherler in he could have left Scherler out not bought somebody to start instead of Sessegnon and could have relied on him for the whole season and it probably would have been a mistake so I think later in the season we'll see a bit more from him um, so Everton played Huddersfield uh, final score one all. goal from Billings for Huddersfield and Calvert-Lewin like two minutes later and that finished one all. Um, the most noticeable thing and obviously the thing that everybody was keeping our eye on was the lack of Richarlison uh, serving out his free match ban this is the, the second of three um, yeah they just seem to be a little toothless in attack without him being there um, obviously Tosin their striker isn't really doing much Walcott's been lively he got taken off went off injured even though it was quite late in the game but they kind of looked a little bit ordinary without him. The thing is, well, what Richardson gives them is that bit of flair and creativity. Or maybe not creativity, just his movement. Everything about him suggests he can create something out of nothing. Whereas the players that you've got left with are, maybe Sigurdsson can put in a good ball. But then the rest of them are just utility players. They just do a job. But if you need something to come out of the game like this game needed, they don't really have anyone that can do that. Yeah, um, Everton should have really. This is a game that they should have won. Mm-hmm. But as you said, the team is without Richarlison, their robotic team. They literally run in straight lines, and no one. There's no creativity in that team. Someone like Sigurdsson should be creating that, and he should be well. He should he should be creating that, but he should be. Someone should be creating that space for him, but no one is. Well, that's not just in this game, but as a wider discussion. Is Sigurdsson working? I mean, obviously, at Swansea, I always thought he looked better than he was because the team was based around him. Mm-hmm. He took the corners, he took the pe- he took everything. He was getting the assists and he was getting the goals. But he has not shown anything for Everton. Um, he's had one or two moments, scored one or two goals, but on the whole, we've not seen anything near the Sigurdsson that we saw at Swansea. It's just, I think, the way Everton plays, a bit more fast-paced than he's used to. He's used to... Not not necessarily slow, but just more consistent, maybe slow pace sort of play where pick a ball, get the guy on the ball, he scores a goal. Whereas with this with this sort of play, it's very more fast paced with the passes and that, and he's not used to that. Maybe it take a while to get used to how his players move about and you know adjust his sort of passing play to that. But I think it has been something that's been mentioned before by Mister Penn. Bisexual, Bisexual football fan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, I mean you can see it now in certain games like this where you've not got Richarlison maybe making it easy for him to, you know, ping in a ball somewhere for him to grasp to. Yeah, partly I think it's also like with Sigerson being at Swansea where they're not expected too much. They were obviously a good team before they got relegated. But now he's gone to a team where Everton, even though they never they never really achieve anything, but they're always expected and their fans demand quite a bit from them. Yeah. So I think that pressure scrutiny, does, yeah, the scrutiny and it tells on the players. And and this is why they are disjointed. But then also they are in the middle of, and well, a new manager's coming and they're still trying to find their feet. So it is going to be a while, but yeah, they look robotic. But they, they do have some players missing as well. I mean, Keane, Jagielka, Gay, Gomez, um, Bernard. They've got a few players, even um, Mina, for defence. 
Yeah, I mean, they've got it, some players defense, that have not been playing. Yeah, but defence isn't getting you the goals. It's, <laughs> not, saying, but it's not. It's not. Yeah, it is because Michael Keane got them the goal last I mean, Yeah, but I mean, like, in terms of like going forward and being a bit toothless yesterday, that wasn't Keane. Keen, but Bernard. Changed that. All right, Bernard. Is it Bernard yeah. Gomez, Gay? Does Gay do that much, though? to give them a bit of energy I mean but. yeah Mina obviously uh, a new guy um, but speaking of the defence it seems that their weakness this season is set pieces they keep conceding goals to set pieces and corners and then now we're going to who I mentioned now Mina. we're going to who you mentioned Mina, Keane <laughs> these are all good defenders but they were even conceding set pieces when no guys were in the team mm. but you do need to talk about Huddersfield's goal the, that cross from the corner was quality. It was. It, it was, was. It was a pinpoint. It should have been better defending, but a pinpoint got to the defender. I uh, got to Billing, and he put it in. But that's my whole point. Like they need better defending, and they can't be drawing these games. They should win. Huddersfield haven't had the greatest start. Huddersfield haven't really been fearsome opposition in these first four games. Um, to be honest, and the way that Everton started, they should have put them away. And they two one three one. Uh, Huddersfield going through the second season syndrome. How does feel to going through the their crap syndrome? <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit harsh. Nothing in Huddersfield but lies, bro. They're not good at football. <laughs> um, one player that I do want to point out though is uh, Lucas Digne, uh, their new left back. Obviously, he started over Baines. Baines is being brought back in gently, if at all. Um, I think he's looking good and. In my opinion, I don't know if you agree, I think they may have found their successor. Obviously, Baines was, you know, he was a main draw for the Everton team for years. I think they may have found a successor to him already, and he's already settling in. Obviously, anybody coming from Barcelona to Everton is going to be the top guy. That quality is going <laughs> <laughs> to show. So, But yeah, Dinier's cross that he put in, pinpoint again, quality ball. So that's two players that got from Barcelona. Yeah. Delefeo, Dine, and now well, Mina. Not there anymore. No, but I mean... Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, Mina as well, yeah, yeah, Mina as well, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, I just thought he looked, he looked very good. And he has looked very good in the games. Um, he's been assured, he's been defending well. Attacking is his strong point, uh, more so than defending, but he does have a defending game to him. Um, I just think he's one that maybe we keep an eye on over the se- in this season of fullbacks as we've been talking about. I think he's one that maybe he's not getting the mention, but he's doing just as well in an Everton team. Everton are definitely not doing what they should be doing because obviously they did the same with Bournemouth two 0 up, drew, and now another draw at home where they should be winning. Exactly, and like I say, it's gonna you know those two points dropped here and there. It's, it's just gonna cost them over exactly. the season. Because even Richarlison not there, I mean, he should not be the one that determines the game win against a Huddersfield who are not playing too well. So are they a one man team? I, now? I agree with you. <laughs> are they a one man team? Now? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So the next game, Crystal Palace versus Southampton. Crystal Palace lost two 0 to Southampton. A goal from Ings and a last minute goal from Hoiberg. The one noticeable thing about this game, Zaha was not playing and it seems he is the main guy to unlock this team because since start last season, every game he has not played, they haven't got any points and it showed. Another point with Benteke, he doesn't seem to have got over whatever he's going over. He can't get a goal to save his life. He couldn't buy a goal. So 
again, like a, like to just toothless in attack. Um, I mean, I think Crystal Palace have been flattering to deceive so far this season anyway. People are not talking about it, but they're not doing well. They, they, they just shaded that first Fulham game. Um, but Zaha is their goal guy. They've only scored three goals so far in these four games. Two of them have come from Zaha. Um, I mean, you know what? For me, it's all good for Zaha because now he's just adding to his market value. We know end of the season that guy is not going to be at Crystal Palace. But again, they are. They do seem to be a one-man team when it comes to attack. Um, they're offering. Like, they had a few chances. They did have a few chances, but they don't have anyone that can finish them. MacArthur was shooting, trying. Benteke. Oh, MacArthur did hit the post. He did hit the post, post. The but post, that's post not crossbar. Goal. <laughs> <laughs> he was close. He was doing things, but the main thing does come down to Benteke, and they create the chances. He should have had two goals at least. He had. The, there were chances that were created. And he was just fluffing his lines. But I don't know, he needs to somehow buck that idea out. Is there any way back for Benteke at Crystal Palace? No. In his career? In, uh, all right, so is there any way back for him in his career? Where, where can, he go, career? can he go to another Premier League team and maybe do something? Or is, is, this it? is he done? The only way back for Benteke, he needs to go probably to France or somewhere like that. Rebuild his confidence in another place. Yeah, in terms of China, no, no, nah, nah, he's he's better than China. He will. He's he's got. Come on, when he was at China Villa, better than him. Nah, come on. <laughs> when it now nah, when he was at Villa, he showed his quality that he had there. Liverpool, they messed him up. That was a completely different thing. And now he's at that whole whatever happened at Liverpool carried over to Palace, and he's just stuck in a rut. If he, he just needs to leave England and just go to go to France, Belgium, Holland, wherever, and he will. He'll get his form back and he'll start doing things. From the Southampton side, I still didn't think they had a great game. Uh, they were holding on at 1-0 uh, during the second half. They were holding on for quite a while. But they are getting better. Danny Ings banging a goal. Told you, bro. That guy's going to keep getting better and better and going on and on. And they did get a penalty. They did get a penalty, which Charlie uh, was missed. saved, right? Yeah. yeah. But I think, and obviously Hoiberg finished it off. Who you know? I guess redeeming, redeeming, redeeming himself, even uh, from his red card in the last game. Oh. But I think this will give them a bit of confidence, and they'll know they can play. Their only problem is shutting teams out. Like I said, they were holding on by the edge. If Zaha had been playing, it probably would have gone to one or one, and who knows whether it would have gone to two one or three one or whether Crystal Palace would have taken the game. But I think this will give them some heart. But they've still got a long way to go. Um, one player for me who I thought did well for them, again, season of the fullbacks, uh, I thought Cedric Suarez is a bit underrated for them. A, a good assist. Crystal Palace defence was not very well organised, but a, a great ball into Ings for the goal. Um, he just seems to be doing a lot for Southampton right now, defensively and defensively. And for me, probably their most consistent player uh, in terms of these first four games. West Ham nil, Wolves won, Adama, Traore, the 93rd winner. This game was, it was a Chuckle Brothers game. To me, to you, to me, to you. But Wolves were the actual better team. They created better chances than uh, West Ham. West Ham did start the game better. They started, just like the against Arsenal, Reddy had quite quite a few good chances. West Ham came out of the blocks 
flying. But then once Wolves like, grew into the game, they took control and they started, well, not took control, but they started having the better chances. They were imposing themselves on the game more. I don't think they were the better of the two teams. Like I say, I think West Ham started off really well and then it was even. Um, Wolves maybe had a couple more chances and, that, and again, to, to back up your point, those chances came more towards the end of the game than they did during the game. But... I think it was one of the things where in, at the coming to the end of the game, it was more end-to-end. So... I mean, it's not it's not a case of Wolves wanted it more, but introducing Traore helped it. In this game, both teams wanted it. They were going for it. Yeah. West Ham had chances, and Rui Patricio made some... Well, he made a, <laughs> a save that just hit his head. <laughs> he had no clue about it. He was out cold for a while. One came off the bar as well. Then, yeah, so they were pushing... They were, West Ham were pushing for it. They were trying to go for it. And if it, this game could have gone either way. And if it would have gone either way, no team could complain. Is that it's just one of those type of games? Um, yeah, so for me, I was going to say that again, West Ham were unlucky, but it seems like I'm saying that every week, or people are saying that every week. I don't know how many times they can be unlucky before it's just like they're not good enough. Um, it's it's an anomaly. Again, it's like kind of Palace last season, Everton last season. They've got the manager, supposedly, they've got the players. Why is it not gelling for them? Um, it needs to drop sooner rather than later but I think he's running out of time but again they are kind of as we said last week they are a team of individuals and again the chances even they created in this game Anatovic creating chances off his own work he oh, was doing guy, his own thing and he's running he took the game then he had um, the funny thing is they did have their, their win midweek against Wimbledon you think yeah, uh, I know it's not the same players, down, though, but after going one nil down to yeah, ten, yeah, but they still you you think you know it'll just give them a bit of a boost. But at the same time, Wolves have been playing some good football, so it's just they still have a lot to work on. West Ham. I think both keepers had good games anyway, though. Um, both keepers were called upon. Uh, obviously, we saw probably going to be one of the highlights of the season's blooper reels with Jimenez, <laughs> like. The one thing I'll give him, my man managed to stop that ball dead. He just carried on going. <laughs> no, no, how you don't score that. <laughs> to be honest, you've got to admire somebody that can miss a chance that's easier to score. He actually, he actually kicked the ball with his right foot onto his left foot. So close together, the ball just stopped. It's, prob- it's the best kind of control I've seen. Exactly. In a long time. He clearly was. Neymar was... can't do that, bro. <laughs> He's clearly celebrating before he actually hit the ball. <laughs> so, my man saw the sun headlines uh, the back page like he wins it you wonder um, if FIFA are going to put out a celebration <laughs> the fall down the fall down the goal came from Adama Traore a player who was threatened to be a great player hasn't done anything so far um, could this release him on could this be the start of something good the funny thing is while watching this game I was literally when he came on, I was cussing him. Check Twitter for the receipts. <laughs> look at our Twitter, BNA podcast. I'm literally, Trey, he's all pace, no end product. But he actually had end product this time. Although I will say that West Ham's positioning was awful. The West Ham's position at that point in the game. It was from a counter attack, yeah. but they had three or four defenders, but they were all towards one side of the pitch and they just left it open. But also. 
their position they might have been bad, but they had the Wolves guy covered. But then mm-hmm. it's the pace of Traore. He he bust a gut to get up, yeah, and bro, then bro. he was in the open. But Chriswell was Chriswell was too far inside and just left pure space for against, that through ball. Against, an, against another team, against another player, they would have had that covered. Because there were two guys on... Even in saying You should know about his pace, though. Like, again, all pace, no end product. Everybody knows what he's famous yeah. for. You should have had him But even with that like being said, like you're saying, he's, there's no end product. That finish was amazing. It was a good finish. Yeah, it was, it was a good finish. finish. It was a good finish. And it was a good ball through to yeah. him as well. But West Ham helped them to get that goal. Mm. It was their own to, fault. To be actually honest, the fin- it was a nice finish, but Fabianski should have done better because it was actually close to him. It's a position that he yeah, should have yeah. got to. Yeah, so the only other thing that I took from this is it's a worry for West Ham. Their next three games are Everton, Chelsea and United. This was a game where they could have got something on the boards to kind of set them up for that. Um, Everton, obviously, we know... They're not doing great, but the way that West Ham are playing, they will probably win that game. Form, history, whatever says that they're not getting anything from Chelsea and United. They could be seven games in, zero points. And that's why you do know, well, as we saw what West Ham fans were doing last season, this could be coming, basically, melting pot. And fans coming on the pitch, venting their anger at the board again. Me, personally, I think, you know give them time to gel but it's a business they don't want to get relegated they just, have to start looking at some I just think in, international footballs the break has come at the right time for them v- yeah, they need yeah, to yeah. they needed this break regroup and then they can work on a way of somehow getting something as I said Everton they're hit and miss this season so they can get them they're Hope a team that they can get they get can get them and hopefully they get they've seen that you know get some height in the team kick them out with set pieces you could get a couple of goals there but West Ham obviously no more for Arnautovic's kind of goals rather than you know they're not set piece they're not great at set pieces right. either but we'll see what happens we'll see what happens it's always drama in the East End the the, the main players <laughs> even with the break the main players are not going to be there Arnautovic will be gone Anderson Antonio probably if he's playing for England oh. you know so will they have time to regroup because they'll be away when you come back it's more or less yeah, but, that's, into it. but that's a good thing they go away they can go to their respective countries. Have win. good games. Yeah, they can win. Yeah. Have decent games there. Have not the stress of being in England and being at West Ham. So they can, let, when they come back, they have that feel-good factor. A few, a few players remember how it is to win again. Mm. And they go from that. So the late kickoff was Man City versus Newcastle at the Etihad. Uh, City tied up the games. Goals from Sterling and Walker. With a good goal from Yedlin in between. Um, obviously, Sterling scored a goal eight minutes in. Uh, he showed he's ready to be called on. Obviously, he's been in and out of these first four games. He made a point with his uh, with his goal quite early on. Very well taken goal. Probably looking at a contender for, for goal of the month. Maybe come the end of September. Uh, assist by Mendy who's just hit the ground running in the Premier League. For me, though, again, Man City didn't have a great game, but they still managed to pull out the win, which is what you need if you're going to win a title. I can agree. I can agree. Um, the thing I picked from this game um, in Newcastle soft play was before when they played with Chelsea, it was like they were 
set up to defend. They've gone to City and they've actually given them a good game. City did, did have a few chances that... I mean, the goal was early. But I mean, even earlier, I think Mahrez had a chance. Mm-hmm. Same, similar chance to Sterling, just on the opposite side. And he fluffed it. Yeah. And after that, there was like there was nothing else coming through. They were very organised defensively. I don't think there was much difference between what they did at Chelsea. Uh, like I said, I don't think City were as good against them as Chelsea were. Um, either that or they were just more organised defensively this time. And there was less mistakes. Uh, I think they were unlucky not to take anything from this game. This uh, this game actually reminded me of like City in the early stages of last season, where they ground out results. Mm. They didn't yeah. play, they didn't really play well. They just ground it out, and then they just got the three points. But in this game, obviously, yeah, Sterling's goal well taken, showing that in the right position, right support, this guy's can score goals and will score goals. But Newcastle showed that. I don't understand um, Benitez's tactics here. You, like Obviously, yeah, you're the underdogs. Just use this game as, you know what, you lose, you lose. Like, what's, what's the worst that can happen? You're gonna, you're most likely going to lose, so just go for it. And they showed that the times when they did go for it, they get at City's defence. They did. Defense, City's defence is vulnerable. Yeah, they can't just be going for it and getting banged like 7-0 by City because at the end of the season, they don't want to be relegated on goal difference. I mean, obviously... When he got to about 60, 65 minutes, uh, Benitez made some changes. He went for it. He did go for it a little bit more. It seems like if he feels there's something in the end of a game, he will push. He won't make safe subs. But obviously, he just did not want to lose too much. No, but that's the, that's the thing. If they would have gone for it, City, obviously, they got a vulnerability in their defence. But City were won a lot through Sterling's goal. Then, yeah, like... The counter-attack that they had for Yedlin, they scored. City, they had chances, but they weren't really... Uh, they weren't clear-cut chances. And they, the winner came through, what, a wonder, sh- a wonder strike. But this First goal, goal in like and from games. a defender. Yeah, yeah. so if they, if they would have... If Newcastle would have just continued putting that pressure... They would they, they had chances. Um, Yosseli, when he came on, he had a chance, but he scoffed it. Mm. They had chances against City. And again, a more attacking-minded manager where you don't bother with the, oh, we're going to lose this, so let's contain them. You go for it. You could have maybe turned this defeat into a draw. And that would have then, well, that could be the difference of staying up. What I disagree with and what you're saying is, this is, it's not, they're not playing a Bournemouth for one of them. This is Man City. Man City score goals for fun. Everyone knows this. Every team has been, besides Liverpool last season, every team has had these goals come against them. So with that, I look at Newcastle and how they've been playing, and I'll say, the way Benitez played was fine because if you look at the chances that they weren't scoring for City, it was because of how organised they were at the back. If they were full-fledged, you know, doing the attacking sort of thing, like Bournemouth do, they would have got more goals coming in and then what would be the point? Fair enough, they would still lose, but I, I think it's good for Newcastle to try and perfect games like this against top of opposition away from home and then be able to do what they want to do at home. Yeah, the thing that's frustrating about Newcastle is though, they only ever seem to play as good as their opposition. You see, again, they got the 2-1 against Chelsea where they were very organised and very defensive. They got this 2-1 against Man City where they were very organised and again could have got something out of it. But when they play poor teams, they play poorly. They only ever seem to rise, not even rise to the level of or rise around the level of the teams that they're playing. And I don't understand why they're doing that. Like, if they were to play like this every week, 
they would be taking out the Cardiffs and the Huddersfields and the Bournemouths easily, yeah, and they don't. You know, that's a very valid point. But to go back to your point, Ben, they played, what, three? They played Tottenham, Chelsea and City. Mm-hmm. All lost 2-1, playing this contagion f- football where they're defending, trying to con- like contain the play and all of that. And they've lost them all. They've not done anything. So, But they're not expected to win those know, games. They're not expected is, but to. Is, but this is the thing. They're not expected to win the game, so why don't you just go for it? You lose, like, yes, I, can, I understand goal difference is a, is a thing, and it will count towards the end of the season, but some of these games, if they actually would have, like, Chelsea last week, if they would have gone for it more and come out with a 2-2 draw instead of, look, if they would have lost 3-1, what, another goal... It's not going to be... Alright, yeah, last so 10 minutes for everything Just go for it a bit more. But that's what I'm saying. When he makes... When when it's like one all, and he still thinks there's something in a game, Benitez makes very positive substitutions. He makes attacking substitutions. He brought Osulu on to try and chase something from that game. And they did push forward. Fair enough, alright, for the first 60, 65 minutes, he's trying to contain. But if he senses there's something like most managers from, uh, uh, let's face it, a lower-ranked team in the Premier League, because that's what Newcastle are now, they would be like, you know what, let's just take what we've got, not get the goal difference. He does bring positive substitutions on. What I want to point out is, Newcastle have played Man City, Chelsea, Cardiff, which they got their only draw, which is their only point. Which they should have won. And they've played Tottenham. So, I mean, come looking forward, I'm not sure what teams they've got next, but they should be playing more teams which you would expect them to be getting the wins. Cardiff, fair enough. Maybe from the first game, they just wanted to make sure they were solid, so they ended up in the nil-nil. Or Cardiff were just good at um, defending. But I think in the next game for the Premier League, they might have some easier games. If not... To, to answer that, the next game is Arsenal. <laughs> they're probably going to play a Go on, yeah, go on. <laughs> they try to defend again. Then they got Palace... That's then a winnable game. Leicester, the Man United. That's another winnable game. So let's say Arsenal, Man United will be the games where I think, okay, it's going to be more of the same. But after that, more or less all the top teams are maybe Liverpool. Hopefully they don't come as quick as that. But they've got enough teams in there that they could do damage to. But they the, did lose to Nottingham Forest in the Carabao Cup as well. But, but that's the problem. When they come up against these teams, they don't play in the same way that they play against the bigger teams. Fair enough, they're still losing to the bigger teams, but the, the, the play and the, the tactics and the formations that they're showing in those big games, if they show them in the, in the games against smaller teams, they should be winning easily, but they don't. And I don't understand why they don't do that. Tactics. Manager doesn't know how to play that expansive football when they need to. Yeah, fair play. But um, one thing I'd like to point out, that triple save from Dubrovka was good. The one thirty kickoff from Sunday, Cardiff versus Arsenal. Cardiff lost 2-3 to Arsenal. Goals from Mustafi, Kamarasa, Aubameyang, Ward and Lacazette. Main point for this game for me is obviously Cardiff got their first two goals at home as well, so that's a good confidence booster for New Warnock. But Arsenal obviously scored early, conceded. Scored again, conceded, which is worrying because I think this Cardiff that haven't scored any goals, even though they won, you think if it was another team, a better team, exactly, they could have lost the game. Or, or even if it was a Cardiff team that was putting away more chances, mm-hmm. like they could easily have taken a draw or a win. It was, uh, yeah, 
Arsenal, it's just calamitous, which, you know, a lot of that came down to, obviously, Czech started the game very poorly, uh, gave the ball away twice. Well, Czech and Socrates. Um, for me, and again, it was kind of similar to the whole Alisson thing. I know the Premier League now, you're playing out from the back. Goalkeepers and you know, they're not asked to kick it long anymore. They want to pass. But if you're passing and there's no options, stop passing between you and get rid of it. That playing out from the back that Arsenal do, it is stupid. Because they invite <laughs> a lot of pressure on themselves. Like, <laughs> they, the players all spread out, like, come to the edge of the box. Check who's not a goal, uh, ball-playing goalkeeper. Tries to find them. I, still, I don't even understand why he's playing. They bought Leno and he's not even playing yet. Does not make sense. But just playing from the back. Look, you're in danger. Just clear it. And then regroup, go again. But you keep bringing pressure on you, you're going to concede. No, I understand playing out from the back because everybody's doing it. It seems like uh, Guardiola has ushered that age in. Everybody's trying to play out from the back now. But you should know when to play out from the City back. City don't play at the back like that. Not all the time. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. Not like the way Arsenal play. But Edison play has Edison. got mad distribution, though. <laughs> it's in the difference. Edison and Czech. One's a ball-playing goalkeeper. The other is old school. All right, so before we get into some more of this game, a quick question. Is it time for Czech to hang up the hang up his boots? Like I think for the top team After the season. Possibly. Because I think if you're looking like an Arsenal-Liverpool man in a top six team, Czech is not the guy for you anymore. He's just... Everything you've seen him do just looks like he's progressively getting worse. Like little yes. mistakes, pass, almost passing into his own net, you know, stuff like that. It can happen, but it doesn't look like Arsenal are going to move forward with him. Like you mentioned, Leno's on the bench. Why buy him at this age? This is where you see whether he's got, you know, the minerals to do what he has to do. But yeah. That's right. I, I thought Czech this season was going to be the backup dancer. I just don't, I don't, yeah. I don't understand why he's still playing right now. Is he ruining his legacy? He ruined that when he left Chelsea. He's <laughs> 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 nothing but downhill since then. <laughs> but Tony is with that knock on the head, he probably don't remember it anymore. <laughs> That's terrible. All right, so looking at the at what happened within the game, like you said, the, uh, Cardiff came back twice, which is a poor indictment on Arsenal because we do have a Cardiff game that has not been able to score a goal yet. I mean, they played Huddersfield and they couldn't do anything against Huddersfield and they managed to come back not once, but twice. Um, looking at that first goal, well, the first goal for Arsenal, Xhaka with the assist, pinpoint ball, but then it was his fault. He lost the ball to a Cardiff player that led to the first goal. Um, my man seems to be up and down. They've got Torreira sitting on the bench. Does Xhaka get dropped for Torreira? It becomes... Basically, like the goalkeeper situation. I don't understand. Again, they bought Torreira. He's had a had a good World Cup. Mm. Yes, obviously it's a new league. He's got to get adjust to it. But you throw in um, Gunduzi straight away. So why don't you give Torreira a chance? He's come on and he's assisted goals. He's been involved in black goals. So why don't you give him a chance? And does Gunduzi or does Jack get dropped? Exactly. Okay, I mean, for me, I think I think Enduzi, like he's making a few rookie errors, but he's he's still playing a good game. But like you say, Torreira's been coming on. Torreira's been making the difference. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is, what's going on there behind the scenes, but looking at Cardiff, 
are they going to start finally putting away chances? Obviously, the whole of this season, all I've been saying is they are lacking the quality. The chances have been there. They had the better of the Huddersfield game. They couldn't put anything away. Little bit of fortune about their first goal, but everybody gets a bit of fortune now and again. But also, they had a good few chances that they missed. Uh, they could have gone 1-0 up when Czech gave the ball to Harriata. Harriata skied it. Didn't even yeah. force a save. Um, but can they start putting the ball in the back of the net? You know, that's a good point because they did have a lot of chances that were missed. A lot. Like, even those, like the chance you mentioned about Sky, those chances that you get where, you know, having put the shot on target, you could always have a rebound where you could get the goal. Arsenal have shown that it's possible for them, but against other teams, I don't think that'll happen. I think Arsenal are just, are just poor defensively. I mean, the two goals alone say that they're poor defensively, given how Cardiff have been previously. Unless they've somehow found a way to improve their game and start getting goals. I don't know. I mean, if you look at the stats, Arsenal had 73% possession, yes. 17 goals on target. Cardiff had 27% on possession, 14 goals. Not on target, sorry. 17 attempts in total. Cardiff had 14 attempts in total with like a third of the possession. Like, should they be getting that many shots off? And a better team probably would have got more of those on target mm-hmm. and maybe scored. But tennis, that is more asking questions of Arsenal. Than, yeah, yeah, of course. Cardiff. But Cardiff, you know what? I can't fault them for trying. I've been Neil Warner bashing all season. I've got to give them a little plaudits. They were coming back. They were trying. They were, they're trying things. And I think they've, this will give them hope and courage that they can go into other games and do things. And they can, they're not just going to do a derby and get record low points. They can, <laughs> they can actually do things. Um, one thing that, not part of the game, but Neil Warnock, his post-match interview, he blatantly stated, he's like, Cardiff, we're not good enough to soak up the pressure and then counter-attack, so we might as well go for it. Um, bearing in mind your but comments you about see? Benitez, is, is, that the, is that the way that they, is that, that's what again, they should be doing? Which is, which is exactly what I'm saying. You know this is a game, you're pretty much probably going to lose it. On most days, you're going to lose this game. So, and as they did, they lost 3-2. Go for it. Why, why, waste, why waste time? It's towards the end of the season, then you look around and think, okay, um, goal difference is keeping us up, then you play tight. But for now, it's too early in the season, just go for it. I think Arsenal were, it was more a case of Arsenal being bad than it was Cardiff being good. Having said that though, their goals, the two second, the second and the third goal, were very good. Yeah. Uh, one from Aubameyang, beautiful finish, Henri-esque. And Lacazette, boy, that was, that was amazing. The goalkeeper yeah. didn't see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> no like, one's saving that. What happened? Near post as well. No, like nine the out of ten strikers wow. wouldn't take that shot. That's amazing. That reminded me of uh, David Trezeguet. David Trezeguet against United. Monaco, power, boom. <laughs> no, you know, nothing you can do in top corner, bang. No. Power. For you young ones, YouTube it, David Trezeguet, Monaco versus United, watch the goal. But also for me, it raises questions about uh, Emery's selections. This is the first game that he played Aubameyang and Lacazette together and it's paid dividends. We've just talked about the fact that should he be playing Leno instead of Czech? Should he be playing Torreira instead it's of Jacker? Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's a new manager. He needs time to find his team. But, like, 
looking at what those two did there, surely they were doing that in training. Surely they should have been playing together before this game. I'm not sure if they're doing that in training. I've been like, following their Twitter and their thing. What they do in training is a lot of joke. <laughs> Danny Welbeck seems like the star man in there, so I don't know what they do doing. God help but, us all <laughs> but yeah you know what he's new in the job so I'm not going to criticise him for the wrong selections like that I think he's over got time, to fight yeah he's, he's over time he'll, wa- he'll work his, yeah. his system out because if Xhaka keeps making these mistakes something will get changed same with Czech I think Leno's bought for a reason not just to be back up as a young goalkeeper he's mm-hmm. probably there to replace Czech so in time, he'll get his games and he'll pick up. They'll probably start him in the Carling Cup. So. And then take it from there. So Emery's doing, he's doing it correctly for now. We think he's. I think he's still think, learning. Like, yeah. as it is, I won't say he's doing it correctly, but he's doing what he can. It needs to be done. Yeah. yeah. The, the only thing that concerns me about Arsenal is the fact that in every game this season, they have conceded. And so they need to sort out that centre-back pairing. They keep going from, they've got Socrates and Mustafi in this game. They played, Lichtsteiner, he's played. Um, they, keep mix, they keep mixing it up and it's not working. They keep conceding goals. Yes, I know they have played uh, Man City and Chelsea, but they have conceded against West Ham and two against Cardiff. So he needs to focus on that defence. If it's if their defence are too old, as we kind of mentioned earlier like in one of the previous pods, he needs to make sure there's cover for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if not, then they're going to be in trouble because they're going to concede a lot. If we're talking about conceding goals, should El Nenny be an option? Because he's not played so far this season, right? El Nenny. Yeah, I know. I know he is. He just plays <laughs> whack. <laughs> he shouldn't even be an option. But defensively, better. A, 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 a better I guess Genduzi is the guy playing instead of him, but maybe with El Nenny beside him. But anyway. I mean, the only the main guy to pick up from the um, the bench is. Torreira. Yeah, of course. El Nini, he's shown his skills. He's got none. <laughs> but yeah. Burnley 0. Man United 2. Wamalu Lukaku. Finding the goal this time. Scoring 2. Probably should have had, what, 4, 5? Yeah. At least. <laughs> but yeah, no, United came out of the traps flying. Obviously had a point to prove, so they came out of the blocks. But it's kind of similar to how they started against... Spurs, they were on obviously on the mission trying to prove a point. It was pretty impressive how they how they came about the game. It was the attacking display that people have been asking for. Um, I know Mourinho came out at some point. I think it was last week. Might maybe it was just after the Tottenham game between these two games, saying that he doesn't feel that he has the defense to let the attack loose which he should have by now. But, I mean, uh, a characteristic of the United games has been not much possession, not many shots, but, you know, still winning, sometimes drawing, sometimes losing. We're looking at 54% possession for United, 21 shots altogether, 9 on target. They completely dominated this game, but at the same time, they're playing a Burnley team that not only have they got a Europa hangover from this week, They've been struggling for the whole of the season because they don't have the depth for squads to compete on all fronts. That being said, it's United's best display so far this season. Well, to add to that, they came out, like you said, they came out, you know, attacking. They got two goals in the first half, but there was a nil-nil second half. 
Although Pogba did miss a penalty, I think this is like he said, he should have got at least four or five goals. Lukaku got a, I won't say simple header, a good header, good work of play, a good header. The second good goal cross, was good movement in the box, the ball landed at his feet, he scored, but there's chances where he had were more or less rounding the keeper or chances where he could have shot early, got goals, which is why I think if Lukaku improves on, you know, I could get a bit few more goals. In terms of Burnley, it's just, it's not been their season so far. Like you said, the Europa hangover is really weighing in on them. I mean, obviously, they won a game that they were expected to win, kept a clean sheet, which not been done so far this season, four games in. And it was a poor Burnley team, but they need to start somewhere. United team did show some resolve because they did last 20 minutes with 10 men. Rashford getting sent off and retaliating to Phil Bardsley. With that whole incident, I mean, for me, obviously, you know, the rules are the rules. It's a red card. Although Bardsley is like, what, four foot two. So anybody's going to have to lean in if they want to go head to head with him. (laughs) But my thing is, uh, Bardsley got that yellow card. It turns out the yellow card was for the foul. He got nothing for the kick out. And he did return the head motion the second time that they clashed. So probably he should have gone off the pitch as well. Definitely. Um, should have been 10 on 10. But that being said, United was still the stronger, more dominant team with 10 men. And yeah, Lukaku wasted a lot. Of, he had a good game. He's had his best game this season. But a factor of every game this season is missing one-on-one chances. He's done it every single game so far. Maybe he'll get better. I mean, obviously the stat came out uh, with the goal that he scored this weekend or with the goals that he scored this weekend. He's actually matched Didier Drogba's Premier League total and he's done it in 30 less games. He did it in 224. Drogba did it in 254. It's there. The, the record is there. He is a goal scorer. But whether or not it's enough for what United need, we're going to have to see for this season. But at the same time, like you said, I mean, he's, he's done this. He's reached this feat. But he could have done it much earlier. Much, yeah, yeah. Given the number of chances he's got. <laughs> exactly. He, he might, you know, it's one of them ones. You've got so much. But only the level above him get it quicker. And that's like the Gueros, the Canes. They have a class above. Let's but not, let's at United, make, he should be at that. Let's, let's not make it a Lukaku show. It's about this game. Yeah, yeah. It's Going about, back yeah, to this yeah. game, Fellaini was the change that came in for Fred. This time, Matic was playing a bit more... I won't say attacking, but a bit more central. Yeah. Where Fellaini was the one holding the game. And it worked perfectly because he was getting a lot of the aerial balls. He was distributing the ball forwards to Lukaku or, you know, wherever. And it, it seems to make the difference. I think at times, yeah, he had a very, very... He had very strict instructions from Mourinho. And I think his was to disrupt play. And also, when Valencia and Shaw pushed forward... He dropped back, making it a, a back three. Yeah. And I think the way that United's defence is now, that's kind of what they need. They need somebody to look after those central defenders. Um, he had a very good game. Babysitters. <laughs> they, need, they need babysitters and who better than, than Mophead. But um, speaking about the, the fullbacks pushing forward, again, four games in a row now. I think Shaw has probably been United's best player so far this season for these four games, which, again, I don't want to talk about it. It's kind of outside and around the whole thing. Uh, Mourinho's tough love seems to have worked with him. It doesn't work with everybody, but it seems to have worked with him. You can say that, but at the same time, I look at Shaw and I think, 
his career has was going up and then it started going downhill. He needs to do it for himself. Probably he's 23 though. But he's still doing it for himself. Whereas where, where else does he see himself? So for him, it's like, I broke my leg. I've come back. This has been said about me. So I'm pushing myself. Look at the, all these players there. Pogba, Sanchez and whatnot. After a while, it looked like they didn't care. Shaw is the only one that looks like he cares. So in that game, I mean, like like you said, the other games, Shaw has done, done what he's supposed to be doing. Playing like a young, energetic fullback. Fair play, fair play. Burnley, no. Yeah, I'm just going to say Burnley, I'm not sure what's going on. Now they may be out of Europa, so they may find their gears coming back, but I'm not sure. Well, that was the point I was going to make. Do you think secretly, or not so secretly, it's a relief to Burnley to be out of Europa League? Because this last few weeks have shown that they can't compete on two fronts. (laughs) Well, definitely. I think it's a disappointment, though. Because they... When they finished the sixth or seventh last season, they got that uh, Europa League qualification spot. They celebrated. They were happy that they're thinking, yep, they can represent in Europe, which obviously brings in more revenue and gets their name going around Europe and around the world. That then they can hopefully attract better players. Then fast forward to this season, they don't even really show up. They beat an Aberdeen team and then they <laughs> capitulate against a Greek team. But it's, they don't have the depth of squad. And exactly. If they had, if they had beaten this Greek team, if they'd gone all out, let's make it clear, they were not winning Europa League. So would you rather go out in like the round of sixteen and be fighting relegation, or do you go out early well, for, and you focus on the league? For a team like Burnley, all you needed to do is get to that group stage, play those six games because that's six extra games of more match fees that you get in, more match tickets sold, more. All of the stuff in the same So for you, it's a money game. That's that's how you build. That's but how bro, teams build. Then. All that's gonna do is cover them when they get relegated. Like if they they can, yeah. we've they've shown that they could not compete on two fronts, and that was only over the course of like what three four weeks. For them to try and do that over three four months was a myth. The, the way I see it, you have to cut your coat according to your size, and in this case, Burnley didn't make enough signings. No. To have no, the teams no. to be, you know, the depth, like you said, to playing on both fronts. So the way I see it, stick to what you've got. You had a good season last year. You weren't aiming for Europe. Maybe you're aiming to get a good spot, which put you in, into Europe, but that's about it. Play, play back, go back into your Premier League ways and get back to your defensive ways. You know, keep those clean sheets, get your points. Don't be fine relegation. When you do have the money to invest in some players, you do that and then you can find Europe. But right now, it's not the time for them. I, I agree with that. It's clearly shown they were, way, they were well above their pushing above their weight last but season. That's what I've been saying. They, was... so they, and they, ne- they never planned well. For a date, well, they never thought they would get to this. They never planned well. But the next few games, they've got Wolves and then they've got Bournemouth, two teams that are doing very well. <laughs> if I'm honest, so, I think I see them losing. Wolves are on another level. Wolves are losing. Bournemouth. Bournemouth will get a goal here and there. Yeah, yeah. Unless they go for the date. Now, you know, regrouping to get back into clean sheets. Bournemouth forget. I, I like the way Bournemouth are playing. So, have you, are United turning it around? Um, it's too early. <laughs> it's Burnley. Burnley been crap. So, I look at it as you should win this and you've won it. Well done. You've missed about five chances or three extra chances, Lukaku. Let's see what you do next game. But, but one step at a time. But their next few games, they've got like uh, they've got Wolves. Um, they've got West Ham as well. Watford, Young Boys, Watford as well. Wolves. Oh yeah, talking Garvey, about Champions League as well. The way I see it is, it's, it's, like I said last week, it's about keeping the formula. If now Mourinho is attacking, 
keep attacking and just get the right person in the right positions. Mm-hmm. That's it. Keep as it is now. If Fellaini is the new, the key to unlock, you know, <laughs> the way the team plays, fine. Fred can come in anytime. It's good to have a good player on the bench or enough, decent enough player on the bench more mm-hmm. so than start everyone, lose options and then now we're throwing on Fellaini, which no one likes. If he's starting, he's at the back. No one's going to complain if we're <laughs> bringing him on like because he, he's not coming on. It'll be someone else that's just bringing a different sort of a game. So, yeah. What's um, the last fixture? So, the last fixture of the day, that was Watford versus Tottenham. And it ended up 2-1 to Watford. Uh, a decore on goal. Then two goals from Watford from Dini and Cathcart. So, Tottenham technically didn't even really score. Um, the thing that I wanted to bring out from this game... For Watford, I think one thing that maybe other teams could take a lesson from, consistency is key. Watford are the only team so far that have played the same 11 for those four games, which was strange for me. But then I looked at their their transfers. They made a good few transfers. Obviously, Delefeu and Mina were the two top names. But it seems like all they really did was strengthen their squad. And I don't know what's changed from last season to this, but they've started, they've hit the ground running. But they, yeah, they gave Tottenham the run for their money. Uh, Again, second game in the row, Tottenham were outplayed. It's just that the chances that they got at United, they didn't get from Watford. Watford had a tight back line. Um, Probably one of the best defences I've seen. Again, we're only four games into the season, but it was a defensive masterclass from them. You said what has changed with Watford. I think they've, that front four that they have is they've turned up this season. Mm. Start with mm-hmm. got Will Hughes, Andre Gray, Troy Deeney, and Pereira. They've yeah. turned up, and when they're all playing, they 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 have a threat. So they they create chances. But no, I've been I've been impressed, especially their comeback ability in this game. They went one 0 down. They didn't. They didn't start sulking or to be honest, this is again probably they were probably thought, you know what, before they came, maybe they might have lost. They just went for it anyway. Yeah. And they look they took the points. Three goals, now what um, two goals and now they yeah, yeah. four win four wins in a row. Sitting top unbeaten. Sorry, I did mean to say that the only difference is uh, the only person that they've brought in that's making a starting eleven is Ben Foster. But Obviously, he had a good game. That transfer few... completely missed me, you know. When did he go there? <laughs> <laughs> completely missed me. Oh. Um, he's the only one. He's the only transfer that they bought this summer that's made it into their starting eleven. Um, but again, it's not about their defense. It's not about them letting in less goals. It's about them putting in more. I, again, I think, uh, as we were saying earlier, outside of the pod, Troy Deeney has stepped up. He's being a leader. He's showing the way. Uh, Pereira is giving them something a little different. Will Hughes finally seems to be delivering on his the promise since he came up from the championship. I do, yeah, going on from what you're saying, they've definitely got a good balance because even like we look at the other top teams with their full-backs and again involved, Jan Matt, we all know his attacking presence when he goes forward. Holobas, obviously doing his Ooh, thing as well with the assists. And, you know, even the goals. So, Two I mean, assists. like you just mentioned, Will Hughes is a different kind of player. It's like a poor man's... Jack Wilshere, <laughs> you can say that. And then you've got the Corey, who's strong, he can distribute the ball, he can go forward. 
And Kapue, similarly, he can get you a goal, he can assist you. Pereira just looks like a, tr um, a problem on the wing. Gray and Dini just are good when they play together. Dini, mm -hmm. strong leader. He's brought himself back into the game. I mean, at 1-0 down, he's the one that got the goal to bring it 1-1. And then they kept on pushing from there. So I think they've got the perfect balance as it stands. How long they can do it for, I'm not sure. Looking at the other side of it, Tottenham, uh, again, similar to when we were talking about Everton earlier, it seems like set pieces are a big weakness for them. Both of the goals came from set pieces. Uh, set pieces have been plaguing them all, all of the games this season so far, or at least balls into the box. Um, Sanchez was brought back into the fold. A guy, what I told you, I told, I, like, for me, Sanchez is the guy that's going to cause the mistakes. Dini bullied him in this game. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, but he, he saved this Broad Street different bully. type of bullying. <laughs> <laughs> Sanchez had nightmares after this, you know. He will. And because uh, obviously with the, they're free at the back, so they were playing their three strongest central defenders, but it didn't seem to work for them. One other thing that I seem to, again, looking at Tottenham, uh, something that we've seen before in, in certain games, Harry Kane's weakness, tight marking. Uh, Kafka and uh, Cabasele kept very tight to Kane all game and he got no snips. Like, I guess he got the, there was the, the chance at the end, like I think it was a header head at the end, the but it seems like he can't deal with, I guess a lot of teams are afraid to mark him tightly because they might give away a penalty because he's always in and around the box. But it looks like if you stick to Kane, he can't do anything. That's, that's fair to say, I agree with that. A team like Tottenham being a top 16, besides Kane being a goal scorer, you've got Lucas, you've got Ericsson, you've got Ali. These are other players that should produce goals, but besides Kane not doing that, they didn't get anything from anyone else. So, yeah, that's one of the things. What's their complacency here? Did they, after the result at Old Trafford, did they, especially going one a lot on goal, did they just think, oh, you know... But I think that's the difference. This. I don't think they did. Even before the own goal, they were finding it very difficult to break them down. And it, it, sorry, I was just going to say, it's like the United game. They didn't actually do much. No. And they managed to get away with the win because United were poor on defence. But with this kind of game, not doing much is not going to help you through because Watford have come in, they're attacking you, they're aggressive. They're hungry. That's what I'm looking for. They're very aggressive. The players they've got are very, you know, they're, they're probably on their game. And they don't take anything for granted. Exactly. So, I mean, coming up against top um, top teams with Tottenham, they will struggle if they keep playing like this because they, they don't see how they switch gears at all. They're not forcing anything. I'm like, going back to what we're saying, actually, you know, they're playing a good game or whatnot, which, which, which is what I was saying. Now looking forward, if they're actually going to keep playing like this, they don't have any new signings to change anything. Besides Son coming back, who else have they got? Lamella is not really that guy. Do you know what I mean? So... If they continue going like this, I'm not sure how far they'll get. Well, talking about that, the subs that they made. Mm -hmm. uh, they brought Lorente on for Alderweireld, uh, I guess switching to a 4-4-2. They brought Harry Winks on for Dembele, and then they brought uh, Danny Rose on yeah. for Davies. Um, is the lack of investment hurting them now? Do they not have options off the effective options off of the bench? Us guys as pundits, we need to... Last week, it was... Uh, not having not making any signings they know the team they've got that strength and they know themselves and whatnot now 
No, but it's. I'm not. I'm not saying either way. I'm saying it's a question. Is it a question that needs to be asked? I contradict myself in that. That's um, because I thought you know they've got a good enough team. They could do it. But this is the thing that I said last week. They didn't do anything. They just took their chances. Although it was from Man United's mistakes, this time they didn't get those chances. Yeah. So if you're gonna play like this, which we all everyone then you need game changers on the bench. Everyone's concluded they they they're not really playing great football. They just no. Doing basic stuff, and if you don't get those chances, then and that's the difference between again, uh, Liverpool poor game against Leicester pulled out a result, Man City weren't on top form against Newcastle pulled out a result, Tottenham not on form against Watford they lost, and that's the differences there. Again, talking about the depth of the squad, would Larice have made a difference here? Could Vaughan be faulted for any of those two goals? That's another. You can make a point on that because Larice is their main goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. So they may have a better understanding than him. But at the same time, like you said, they have yeah. been poor with set, set pieces. pieces. So, yeah. yeah. There's not much that can be said. Watford just seemed like they were taking chances. Their chances but I mean, even the stadium, when you look at the, the highlights for the game or you watch the game, you would see that it seemed more likely that Watford would score before Tottenham. It's a shame I didn't bet on it. <laughs> <laughs> Are Watford this season's Burnley? Or, again, too early to tell. This season Burnley, they this season Leicester. I, no, Leicester. no, 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 no. I'm no. not even joking. I'm looking no. at Leicester. If anything, I'm gonna put money on and Watford to be top three Christmas time. Yeah, but I'm talking by end of the season. You never I'm know. not talking about them doing a Leicester because like I don't what? want to talk about that. I look like a all fool. I'll say but is because they do a Burnley and qualify for Europe. All I'll say is Man City drew to Wolves. Yeah. So I mean Liverpool. I mean, they're doing their bits, but... Right, we'll see. What for his next game is Man United. Which is, should be easier than Tottenham. <laughs> Which is actually a test for both teams. Again, yeah. it tests to see if Watford have got the medal and it tests to see if United have actually turned the corner. Speaking about bets, Game Week 4 Aqua, which I posted on the Twitter account, at BNA Podcast, flopped. <laughs> Big time flopped. <laughs> it, start, it actually very, started very positively though Big time Charlie yeah. And uh, Leicester, Liverpool Over 2.5 Both teams to score That came through Alisson's Silly mistake I was loving that Yeah of course Then I had Palace to win Went wayward Had Everton to win Draw <laughs> Then I had West Ham Wolves to w- <laughs> West Ham and Wolves Over 2.5 Both teams to score West Ham didn't even show up On that one so they all flopped, but then I had Arsenal and Man United to win both of them. Won. So it was terrible. That's a 25% ratio I've got, you know. Terrible. Anyway, now you could get a break, international break. Yep. And, and you re- can regroup yourself yeah, and I'm come back. Yeah, regroup, regroup, come back, and I'm going to win. Isn't it? Check Twitter at BNA Podcasts for the week five ACA. Decide whether you want to put your faith in MK, 25% hit rate. I'll leave it up to you. But at the same time, you, I mean, you can always use that account. You use some of them as singles. So if you did use some of singles, you know, shout them out. Give him his 10%. <laughs> Give him his accolades. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've come to the end of August. We're now in September. It's time to look at the ball and all manager of the month and the ball and all player of the month. I'll kick it off for manager of the month. Me. Javier Garcia, obviously, Watford, three games in three, four and four. He's doing bits. Yep, I concur with that. Yeah, we think we're all in agreement. 
three and he's got three and three. Yes, Liverpool, Tottenham, and Chelsea all got three and three. But Watford were never expected to be there. Exactly. So I give it to Javier Garcia for that. Yeah, I can't disagree with anything. No, no, no. That's pretty simple. But now let's look at Player of the Month. Who have you got for your pick? Personally, I've got Trodini. Watford again because I think last season he didn't show as much as what he's showing now and he's a proper leader in the team. So far from the four games I've seen played, he has shown, he's been the, 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 the player that's shown to be, you know, the catalyst in keeping them going. There have been players that have made bits like Olibas or Pereira, but at the same time, he's in there. He's in and about what happens in that team. So yeah, I'll give it to Dini. For me... It's either it's only two contenders for me. It's either you only Man- need to pick one. Yeah, no, it's either two contenders, and I'll tell you the one I've that I pick. Go on. It's either Mane, he scored four goals, three goals. It's either Mane, he's got three three goals, or Holabas, who has three assists. And for me, my choice goes to Holabas, kind of for the same reasons why I gave to Javi Garcia, again. He's at an under, underdog team and they're pushing above their weight and he's been a catalyst to that. And again, it's the season of the full-backs at, full at the moment. So it goes to Holobus. Uh Funnily enough, I had those two on my shortlist as well. Seeing as you've gone for Holobus, I'm just going to flip it the other way and I'm going to go for Mane. Because for me, like I said, Salah's doing too much, trying to live up to what he did last season which is causing some issues. And while he's not firing as he was last season, Mane has stepped up and I think that he will continue to step up for the rest of the season and he will have a better season. And I think this is just the start of something good. So I'm going to get in there early and give him his accolades. Fair enough, fair enough. What about um, looking at goal of the month? Goal of the month? Uh, who's that? One, Seri. He's the only, only one that for me. Long strike. Yeah, that was a good strike. Only one for me. Again, because of the player it was, because of the team it was, I would give it to Seri. Um, I love the way that he made the space for himself. And yeah, he's showing something special. Personally, it's a good goal. Seri, I really like that goal. But personally, I'll give it to Andre Gray. Watford. It was a counter-attack. It was so between him. The one-twos with... Yeah, Dini and Dini. going back. Dini again. It's sort of... He didn't fully catch that shot, but the whole play, getting that kind of goal from a team like that's what it was nice. If he would have caught that properly, then I would have given it to him. But because he didn't, and Seri did catch it properly, that was that strike. Seri's goal was good. Like he made strike. space for himself. He yeah. struck it, good bullet, straight in the top corner. I can't save that. But yeah. And shout out to Holabas. <laughs> His cross come goal. <laughs> let us know who you agree with, and let us know one. Twitter, manager of the month, goal of the month. You'll be wrong, but let us know anyway. That's the end of the first half. Join us back for the second half, discussing things in and around the world of football. This is Samuel Douglas, personal trainer. To get fit, hit me up on Instagram at Samuel Douglas Fitness. Keep listening to the Ball and All podcast. The Cowboy Cup third round draw. 
their standout ties. Arsenal versus Brentford, Oxford United versus Man City, Wolves versus Leicester, Tottenham versus Watford, Man United versus Derby, and the biggest one of them all, Liverpool versus Chelsea. Oh, amazing. I didn't even know that. Big, big draw. There's some tasty fixtures there. Turn I'm actually looking forward to seeing Arsenal versus Brentford. So have you seen anything about Brentford? About they their the money ball like they do? Mm-hmm. Oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. No, but they're good, though. They've they're been actually, doing it nicely for the last yeah. few seasons as well. They're a good team. Haven't they, they got those, like, two off. German... they got, like, two German guys. That, they're, they're the ones that are looking at their stats and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm looking forward to that. I think they can do something. What about Man United versus um, Lampard? We'll see what Lampard... But Lampard's been kind of struggling in championship. No, bro, no, he he's not. He started off struggling. He's won, he's, like, the last five or yeah, something like that. Oh, I think one of those is a Carabao game as well. But they're fourth. I yeah, think, they're fourth. I think they're yeah. fourth. So, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're yeah. probably getting deflection shots again, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but and they got Tottenham Watford repeat of obviously yes uh, yesterday's game. Yep. Wolves Leicester that would be an interesting Midlands game as well. Derby, so they're not gonna take that easy. And then the biggest one ever more Liverpool Chelsea back to like the, they met in the Champions League. They met in Premier League, obviously. They're gonna bring it to this one. Um, yeah, I guess that's the big, the big clash that we're talking about because that's definitely one a, a favorite, one of the top five, ten teams going out. Um, be interesting to see what kind of teams they play. I think it will be very telling. Uh, do they both play strong teams? How desperate are they to bring in some kind of silverware? Um, which speaks to the wider issue of how important is the Caribou Cup. Haribo, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> How important is it as a competition now? Wait, wait, wait. Did you just call it Haribo? <laughs> yeah, I did, bro. And I, and I, I do not regret that. Keep that, that in there. Man. Keep that in there. Don't cut that out. <laughs> the Haribo cup. Just love it so. Football cup from Haribo. But I think personally, it, it depends on what the teams are looking for. As a stand, Liverpool have Europe and they have, you know, Champions League. Chelsea don't. So. Can they do? They've Europa League. Europa, do they care? I don't think so. No, but this is, this is, in this day and age, all trophies are important. Mm, to some extent, I all guess. All trophies matter. But I think for Liverpool, it's more about the Premiership or the Champions League. So. But I think for Liverpool, it's also a case of hedging their bets and bringing some silverware. They, you know, Klopp wants to bring Who's something home? home. If it's Liverpool at home, they have to go for it. Liverpool at home. They'll have to go for it. I think... Like I say, yeah, Premier like obviously last season they got to the, the final of the Champions League, so they know that they've got a good chance of doing something there. Uh, Premier League, they're getting stronger and, you know, they expect to be in and around the top. But in terms of being a prudent manager, I think that Jurgen Klopp has to treat this as an important trophy. Mm. I think at the very least, if he was to bring this cup home, Liverpool fans would be happy. <laughs> You're crap. Nah, bro, they would. <laughs> Alright, alright, so take this. Like, say, for instance, second in the Premier League, quarterfinals, semi finals, finals of Champions League, and this trophy, they're wow. going to take that. They'll take that. No, they won't. You know what? This is the worst trophy out of them all. But, <laughs> yeah, but it's a trophy. As a United fan, I'll be mad. So, what did you say? In the Champions League, what? Position? So say they get to say they get to at least quarterfinals, quarter semis or finals. Man United, I'm a United fan. Man United quarterfinals, second in the league, and then the Carabao Cup. I'll tell you to do one. If this is your third or fourth, bro, what have Liverpool won? 
No, but I'm saying if it's your third or fourth season, fair enough. But then it says something about club. But the it football sets the is precedent. nice. But this is what I've been saying about though. Liverpool. That football is nice, but if you're in your third season, you've got this close. You can't be still getting close and just about winning a Carabao Cup. Yeah, but talking about, I'm not talking about just about winning. Okay. I'm talking about winning it. Teams, have, teams have, like in previous years have used the Carabao Cup as a springboard to get further success. Thank you. Winning a trophy is winning a trophy. Breathe that winning yeah, mentality that into the team. Man United have done it. Man United don't care about that. We could win anything. No, no, we did so it with Fergie. Couldn't we, win anything before that. He used that Rooney, the Rooney Ronaldo team. Yes. Do you, yes. Do you think they yes. needed that win? They did need yes, that win. They, that they was went, the catalyst. They went three that years without winning anything. Yeah, then exactly. Maybe I'm biased for my own team. They just look like Fergie looks like he knew what he was doing. He Carabao did know cup what he was like, doing. Win that cup and no, get the winning mentality. I'm saying win that cup in general. You're Man United. You should be winning. You've done the flipping treble. You but they winning, weren't winning the quad. Though. But they weren't. Fair enough. But you should be doing the quad in my eyes. But Liverpool Everything are not winning winnable. trophies. So like Liverpool right now, are not in a lofty position right, right now. Back then, how many teams are really going for it? Two, three. And I'm saying now there's so many big teams. That someone has to go for it. Tottenham, there's six teams that need trophies. Or else the fans are going to be crazy. There's so exactly. much money They spent. need trophies. So Which needs, trophies not though? Not just because of a springboard, just in general. Now, back then, up until the semi-finals, mm-hmm. big teams didn't take it seriously. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now... Now I can agree. Now it's the case of, you know what, you will, unless you're, if you're playing a small team, like Man United playing Derby, they'll probably play a few reserve guys. But then when, once they play, if they play a big team, fair away, they're putting in the first team. They're not messing around now. This is a trophy, it's a trophy. And don't forget, even if you do play a weak team and you play a weak squad, you lose, you're still getting the fallout from that. Yep. Uh, let's look at, what was it, United versus MK Dons. Yeah. <laughs> Bruv. They played like like eight youngsters or something like that. Seven or eight youngsters lost 4-0? Yep. Something like that. The they got cast. They got cast. Because they're Man United. It's a big name. Yeah, and they're Liverpool now. And they're, they're with Jurgen Klopp and they're playing that they're, they're Champions League finalists. They're top four Premier League players. If Klopp can bring them something, I think Liverpool fans will take it as the start of the new era. Like the proper start of the new era. Um, I think it will mean more... I think it's... I think Liverpool need to win that game more than Chelsea. I think Sarri going out in his first season in the Caribou Cup isn't that bad. Right, looking at the BNA podcast fantasy football. Hmm, who's been doing well? Who hasn't? I'm not even gonna say who's top because it's still early in the game. Uh, no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> Show me the money. It's never too early to look at the tr- at the table, you know. Never too early. All right, who is ten points in lead? Manaus obviously. Show me the money. Whatever. Okay, we'll give you the plaudits for that. That's top bottom. Coys FC. Patrick Polius. Well done to you, and it going down to 15th. But the the big movers, David Webb with 60 points, Disco Disco FC. Well done to you, and someone that's moved from the bottom just gone one place up. Marvin Wilson with 60 points as well. Marv Chester United. Well done to you. What have you got to say, bro? It's the start of a new era. <laughs> you turn the corner. It's the start of a new era. Remember when Mourinho left Chelsea and Conte came in? It's the start. Well, so you, so you, you didn't manage that team. Then. No, I didn't, bro. I didn't. He changed shirt. I didn't, bro. I didn't. I didn't. Look at this free. Do you know what this free means? What? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like you did crap in the first three weeks. In the first three weeks. <laughs> yeah, bro. 
And um, the, well, I'll say biggest loser for the game week, 26 points, Michael Shirley. He doesn't even have... Bro, what's your team's team name? name. It's just Shirley. Bare like... emojis, like... Yeah. Bro, my, man's, like my man's team name is like an anime face. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's still on that pride come down, isn't it? 26 points. I looked at it, literally... Every player just got one or two points. Besides Apart Kane, from Alonso. Kane, oh yeah, Alonso was his main mover with nine, but everyone got two points and then Kane got him double. But that is Four the, points. The right. worst I've seen. Even your worst week was, what, 30-something points? <laughs> yeah, so, my worst, yeah. Bro. He's setting records out here, dude. <laughs> Shout-outs to Shirley. Well done, Shirley. Well done, Shirley. But yeah, if you want to join the league, um, join. The code is 686-834-151-968. Join on. Just catch some joke, innit? And you need to see if you can... I'm the pace setter, so see if you can match me. All I say, like I said last week, keep this energy. When you go down, keep the same I, energy. I beg you, bro. Nah, I to, beg to you. To be honest, this week was terrible, and I'm contemplating using that wild card because... He's they, scared already. The, no, 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 no. He's the, the players I picked were good at the beginning, and it... I, bro, we're still at the beginning. No, we're, <laughs> we're four weeks in. That's not. not That's the beginning of the season, bro. We're we're, we're a couple of pages down, isn't it? (laughs) It's there. But the players I picked, they did the job then and they got me to the top. But now I feel like I need, yeah, wildcard to change a few players around. Like a fool, I moved out. I took the hair out to put um, (laughs) Edison in goal. Why, bro? When have you played Bournemouth? One clean sheet out of four for Man City, bro. Yeah, but the hair had no clean sheets at all. And then he decides to get a clean sheet now. And funny because enough, I, guy, I gave the advice that clearly, if Man City are keeping a clean sheet, you'll be lucky to get an assist for Mendy. So if they don't keep a clean sheet, Mendy will get a clean sheet. Um, um, the assist, assist points, which is what I got. Exactly. So I took out Edison and put in Mendy, and I thought that's a clever move. The only thing it was. I thought that similar now is Allison. I still had him, but then you know you got Robertson. That was an anomaly, though. Robertson yeah. and Arnold will be getting you know, assists, so that's another one to look out for. I got Mendy. See three tips out here. If you do this change and you, you know, you get some good points, just shout me out, innit? Mendes, Mendy, Robertson and Shaw. That's my back three. You can have that one for free. I'll, I'll remove out Shaw. 15 points between them this week, bro. Well done, but don't forget Alonso, bro. Alonso well, is the biggest mover. Alonso is always there. Alonso is expensive, though, bro. You can't have Mendy, Robertson and Alonso. That's too much money. Too much money. One week and it's gone to his head, you know. Yeah, no, gone, bro. Them man have been well, getting me no, points, he's, he's but them man have been getting me points since the beginning. It's just everybody else that wasn't. <laughs> he, he's, he's, he's moved a big spot though, from 15 to 14. So shout out to that. Yeah, bro. <laughs> a good 11 points from the bottom. Keep bro. that same energy in it, like yeah, like Shana Sailor says. K T S E, yeah. K T S E. Say. The unsullied moved on top of me, so don't worry. I know, you know, we're coming. We're coming. No, no filter benefactors. You know, we do this team. Straight to the top. We're coming. We're there. Catch me if you can, man. Catch me if you can. Alright, That's been it for the podcast. Join us next week where we will be Discussing. doing a European Champions League and Europa League breakdown as it is the international break, but we don't want to deprive you of all this good banner. Yep. I've been Flows. BNF will be back. Bendo Filter. MK. Later. Peace.